0: The resurrection and the life, and we looked at Lazarus's death and three basic questions that—that that it, it essentially what it means to be human. We ask these questions when death occurs, when circumstances that are difficult occurs. Lord, are you absent? Lord, do you care? And Lord, will you, will you make all of this right? And we saw where Jesus shows us His goodness and. Uh, the hope that we have in him through the statement, I am the resurrection and the life. Today, as we look at John chapter 10, we enter into a, a, a different part of an I am statement. Here, uh, we ha- we're going like super hardcore first century Judaism. And so we're going to be talking about some cultural things that honestly we're not aware of. If you have done more with a sheep than pet it, Raise your hand in this room. Have any of you ever led sheep or anything like that? We got one. Okay, that's fantastic. That's awesome, Brenda. Um, and So anybody else? Anybody else? Any, no? Okay, so that means when Jesus is going to say, I am the door, and he starts talking about this sheep gate and stuff like that, that means none of us have a dang clue what we're talking about, right? So we need to kind of give an idea of, of what Jesus is talking about here. Um, and so chances are you don't have experience with sheep or being a shepherd. I have not much experience, but I do have a little experience hurting children. So this one time, uh, this was a few years ago before Lauren and I were called to Ridgedale. We had the opportunity to go with Brainerd Baptist to serve in Nepal. And we had this opportunity to, to do this, essentially a VBS type thing for, for um, those who serve and, um, and their children. And so we had this opportunity to do this. And what was interesting about being in Nepal is there's obviously a very different climate, different kind of everything, as you would imagine. That, that there's, there's actually just leeches that kind of hang out in the grass. Which is super fun and a great thing to figure out once you have a leech on you. You're like, oh, this is a thing that happens. And so we, one of the things we had to do is we were at this pretty large resort land wise, and one of the uh, one of the stations that we had to transfer the kids to was on the other side of the resort. That's not that big of a deal. We have 25 kids in our group of like five, six-year-olds, something along those lines. I can't remember. They, they were about that age. And so that's not too big of a deal until you factor in the fact that when we just so happened to be migrating them, it was the by daily migration of this massive pack of monkeys, which monkeys are a very big deal there and they are pests. They're mean and they're vicious. And so we're, we're, we're having to, we're just kind of doing our thing, walking these kids along, having a good time until this swarm of monkeys starts coming around us because they smell that we have some food. And so like we've got literally, this is not a joke, like 25 to 30, 40 monkeys start surrounding us and we're like, oh my gosh, what do we do? And so we, we get all the kids and try to put them in a tight circle and have you know, them be behind us with us facing the monkeys. Luckily, some other adults came in and we just started throwing things at them. One, of like for the rest of the trip, Lauren carried a pet rock with her so she could chuck it at a monkey if need be. One guy threw a dodgeball at it and missed and it went off the mountain. And so that dodgeball will never be seen or heard from again. It is in a Nepalese mountain somewhere. But one of the things that I learned is that in the face of this danger, and this is something shepherds deal with, in the face of danger, we were the only protectors. These kids were helpless. They were defenseless. There's nothing that they could do because these monkeys were the size of these children, and they were a lot meaner, even though kids can be mean. These monkeys would not be bullied. And so when we jump into first century Judaism, into the life of first century Judaism, people knew that sheep were the most defenseless, helpless, straying animals, just kind of like dealing with a child and some ways. They required constant oversight and supervision. They required leading and rescue and all of these types of things. In fact, the Old Testament talks a lot about shepherding because many of the greatest leaders and the biggest names, the kind of the hall of fame of the Old Testament, pretty much all of them were shepherds, right? Abraham, Isaac, uh, Jacob, Moses, and David, All of these people had dealings with sheep. And so one of the interesting things about God's relationship to the Israelites is that he calls them his sheep, right? You you can see that all throughout the, the Old Testament. In fact, in Psalm 23, how does God describe himself? As a good shepherd, right? And later on, just a preview next week, We'll talk about Jesus claiming to be the good shepherd. But one of the ways that God cared for Israel was by appointing these religious leaders or human shepherds to lead and serve as God's representatives. But by the time we get into later in the Old Testament and into the New Testament, these shepherds, these religious leaders were not taking care of the flock of God. Instead of what they were, instead of what they were doing is they were heaping burdens and difficulties on the people, to the point that religious life was just this convolution of, of, of legalism and misery. It's why Jesus comes on the scene and, and says that, "My yoke is light." Because the religious leaders, the ones who were meant to protect them, were doing everything but protect them. So this is the context with which we jump into John chapter 10. And today we're only going to consider verses 1 through 10. And when you get there, say word. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Here's what Jesus' main truth is in in this extended metaphor that, that he gives to these religious leaders and the people that were listening to this conversation. It's this, that Jesus is the door to enter into God's flock of abundance and protection. Jesus is the door into God's flock of abundance and protection. And the first truth that, that we see here, Jesus kind of sets this scene that is immediately connected to John chapter 9. If you don't know John chapter 9, we're going to talk about it a little bit. But you can't understand John chapter 10 without knowing John chapter Nine. So essentially what is happening, there's this discussion that is occurring with the religious leaders. Jesus has just healed this blind man that had been so from birth. And essentially what happens is this man goes to the religious leaders and they end up kicking him out of the synagogue, out of this flock because of his confession and belief in Jesus. And so Jesus issues this statement beginning in verse 1 that goes directly against the religious leaders. And the way that the thing that we see in the first three verses is this. This is the truth that comes from, uh, this is the real root of what he's saying. It's that Jesus is the way out of the old life. Jesus is the way out of the old life. He is the door And he says that these predecessors have come and sought to steal, kill, and destroy. These people have come, and they've come over the side of this sheepfold. And he's essentially saying that all of—not Moses and all of these people— but these religious leaders right here who had said that they were actually supposed to be the true flock of God and leading God's people. He's saying that these priests, these scribes, these Pharisees who presently rule over the Jews have come in through a different way and are truly robbers of this flock rather than true shepherds of the flock. And by identifying them as thieves and robbers, he's connecting this with Ezekiel 34, which we'll look at a little more next week, but if you want to make note of it and read it throughout the week, it's great. So, what does a door do? Jesus says, "I am the door." What does a door do? The first 3 verses show that a, a door creates division. A door creates a, a barrier or a division. Jesus describes this sheepfold. Now, what would a sheepfold look like? This would have been a place of security for the sheep. This wasn't the place where they would graze, but this is the place where they would go in at night for for safety and security. A sheepfold would have been a rock wall or backing up against a cave. That would have been high enough that the sheep could not get over. And then they would top it with kind of essentially prickly bushes. So other things wouldn't try to get in and the sheep wouldn't try to get out. There was only one way in and one way out. And essentially what would happen is they would, the shepherds would come from these communal, pretty big sheep pens. They would come call their sheep of a morning, lead their sheep out so that they would go and graze and into pasture. And then as a a knight, they would come back in and put back in the sheepfold, and then the shepherd would give responsibility to the gatekeeper or the doorkeeper, which is what the first very first part of Jesus's message here. He says that there is this gatekeeper. That gatekeeper is the door. So there is—it's not like there's a swinging gate or anything like that. The gatekeeper— and, and ultimately what Jesus said sometimes the shepherd themselves would do is they would lay their bodies in between the opening of the door. Meaning if anything were, were going to come into the sheepfold, it would have to come through them. And if anyone would, any sheep would escape from the sheepfold, it would have to come through them as well. Jesus is saying something really, really important about himself. He's saying that there is this flock, there is God's flock of Israel. Okay, this this primary text, let's let's look back at it, at the first couple of verses. This is not primarily, or even really first and foremost at all, about the church or about heaven. Jesus is speaking about Israel here in first century Judaism. Judaism. He says, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. So Jesus is calling the Pharisees and the religious leaders the thief and the robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, only the person that would come get the sheep is the shepherd. To him the gatekeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So this door creates a division for the flock, a place of protection. And Jesus is saying, I am the shepherd that is coming, and the true flock of God are going to hear my voice and follow me into this new life. So there's the big flock of Israel. The thieves and the robbers are the Pharisees. And Jesus is saying, I've come as the shepherd to call the flock to myself. The people in the New Testament that we see come to know Jesus as Savior, who confessed just like the man who had just been kicked out of the synagogue. That was He was kicked out of the synagogue's flock, but he was brought into the flock of Jesus. So after calling his sheep, Christ leads them out of this old flock and puts them into this pasture and into a new flock. So that's what he's saying here. I know it's it's kind of difficult and a little bit convoluted, but it, it is very, very important that we understand who the flock is and how that relates to us. Because the truth is, each and every one of us are born into a, a a flock or a pen of beliefs and our worldview and our past. Some people never leave that old life. Some people say, this is fine. I'm, I'm fine just being in this pen, but there's no life or abundance in the pen. There's only maybe safety and protection. Maybe it's the life of legalism. There are some things that can offer you a way out, but those things are thieves and robbers. It's the idea of think of now in modern day time, there's this deconstruction movement. This idea that I'm going to break you out of this old flock, this old way, but unlike Jesus' way, there's no redemption to it. There's no new flock. Jesus, yes, is the way out of the old life, the life that we choose to leave behind, the the life that that Paul talks about, the the flesh, the old flesh that, that chooses sin over choosing God. But Jesus is the only one that offers something that is so much better than what the old pen or flock offered. And so not only does the door Offer or, or does the door create division? Meaning, there is a separation. We are either in the old flock. These people would either be in the old flock, or they would walk and hear the voice of their shepherd. But the the door requires a decision. You either go out the door or you stay in the door. Lauren and I got a cat yesterday. And, uh, which is a fascinating adventure. It meant, it meant that we didn't sleep last night is what that meant. And, and so one of the things that, that we found out this morning is after I left, uh, he just, he stood by the door, like staring at the door, like we put him in time out or something, just waiting. And Lauren had to trick him like two or three different ways in order to get out the door without him trying to to chase out, right? There has to be a decision made to get out of the door. You and I either choose to listen to Jesus's voice and his calling upon our lives, or we don't. This is one of the ways that Jesus is this door. Jesus creates an absolute here. With Jesus, it it cannot be whatever is true for you will be true for me. Aren't there many roads to heaven? No, Jesus is saying, I am the door. There's only one true way out of the old life and into an abundant life. And that is not through a prophet Muhammad. That is not through Buddhism. That is is not through uh, transcendent meditation or anything like that. It's not just through deconstruction. Jesus says, I am the door. You must come through me to enter into this new flock so we must accept him and his grace his way his forgiveness jesus simply doesn't allow us to go any other way and enter into the new flock and so we must say just as the man in john chapter 5 or john chapter 9 says lord i believe that you're the way that's why jesus in another i am statement says i am the way the truth, and the life. I'm the one that leads you to the true God, not any other way. So not only, Jesus doesn't leave us with just, you know, we leave the old life, but Jesus leads us into the new life. That's what we see in verses four through 10. He emphasizes this for us. Jesus leads us into the new life. So when he has brought out all his own, so Jesus is bringing us out because we follow and hear his voice and believe him and trust him. He goes before them. A shepherd doesn't lead from behind, beloved. Jesus leads us and we just follow him. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Do we listen to his voice in our daily lives? A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of voice. Of strangers, do we know our shepherd's voice in our life well enough that we can distinguish when there's a voice of a stranger that's not good for us? When there's uh, this, the, when the Instagram reel hits and they're like, "No, that's that's not right." When you listen to, to something and or you hear something, friends say, "You know, just follow your heart. It's going to be good." I like, wait. My my shepherd's voice says, no, 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 follow me, not your heart. we got to have a discernment. So Jesus says to them in verse 7, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. So not only is he the shepherd of the sheep, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. The true sheep that he would call out did not listen to these strangers, He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, enters by me, through me, he will be saved. He will be saved. That's such a good thing. And we'll go in and out and find pasture. This is how we know we're in our new flock. Because we enter in this way through this door, but then with him we can go in and out and find pasture. And and he says in verse 10, we can have life and life abundantly. So Jesus is the one true way, not just out of the old life, but into this new life of abundance and safety and protection. And that's the truth uh, that Jesus says is the door offers abundance to us. The door offers abundance to us. Jesus saves us and brings us into his flock, but then doesn't just keep us pinned in, does he? As we follow him, he leads us into green and abundant pastures. Now, we know in this life that that is not promised to be wealth and prosperity or good grades or even favor with your boss or anything like that, because anything that Martyrs of Jesus doesn't have, they don't have, then we're not promised to have. So the abundant life that Jesus is speaking here must be something else. So what does it mean to be saved? He says, that person who enters through me will be saved. That means, one commentator says, that means delivered safe and sound. That we will be brought in and brought back out safe and sound. That's such good news. This word used to, it was used to say all of these things that a person had been recovered from severe illness, that a person had come through a bad storm and survived, that a person had survived a war, he was saved through it, or was acquitted at court. All of these things come from this idea that he will be saved. So if you're in here and you're a follower of Jesus, know that as, as we continue to follow the voice of our shepherd, the promise is that Jesus will continue to lead us into abundance. And that will abundance will continue and even grow as we go into eternity with him. So Chuck Swindoll says, what does this abundant life look like? He says, the abundant life is life that never ends. Which, if you don't enjoy life, and if you don't have an abundant life, that's a literal hell. A life that doesn't end. But he says, the abundant life in Jesus as we enter into this new life is a life that never ends. Yeah, we don't have to wait until the end of our physical life to receive this abundance and enjoy it. Abundant life includes peace, purpose, destiny, a genuine purpose for living, the joy of facing any adversity, including the grave without fear and the ability to endure hardship with confident assurance. That's what it means to live the abundant life now with Jesus, hearing the voice of our shepherd. And not only do we, we live this way, but we grow in it. Charles Spurgeon illustrated it this way. He, he said, think of a toddler. And I've got a couple of nephews that are toddler age now. And, and how does a toddler walk? Like they're drunk, right? So like just, just, just you know, something along those lines. They, they really don't have quite, they don't really have good balance or anything like that yet. They have to hold on to things and it, all, everything's out of sort. Their muscles are weak. A baby has a self-destruct button on the top of their head, right? Like all of these things make them very, very weak. I think that's how, where they base the Death Star off of, having one specific hole that everything could be blown up is off the baby's head. And, and so this idea of, uh, of a baby is weak. Yes, it has life. But through Jesus, we grow up. And he says that when a boy becomes a man, he will have life more abundantly than when he was a babe. We grow in grace, we advance in knowledge and experience and in confidence and in conformity to the image of our Lord. Lord. From babes in Christ Jesus, we advance to young men. And from young men, we become fathers in the church. So Jesus would have us grow. And so not only do we experience this, but as we grow, we become sturdier and we bring others alongside us. Isn't that neat? So the door offers abundance, but the door also offers protection. He says the sheep will go in and will go out. Will go in and will go out. For at night the sheep need protecting. The sheep need protecting. This is the quote from Warren Wiersbe that I think really sums up this entire passage really well. A timid, frightened sheep would stay in the fold day and night and never see the pastures chosen by the shepherd. Your life may be riddled with constant fear and, and just you just don't enjoy any all the, any of the abundance that Jesus has for you. Listen and trust the voice of the shepherd as he calls you out. But the careless, overconfident sheep, he says, would remain in the pastures day and night and be exposed to all kinds of dangers. When we feel licensed to do anything and everything as a Christian, we can expose ourselves to any number of dangers and poison. I mean, even last night, literally, we have this cat for, like, all of six hours, and he finds a plant and starts chewing on it. Lauren does a little Google thing, and guess what that thing is? Mildly poisonous to this dang cat, <laughs> right? Mildly poisonous. So, like, I'm a real good shepherd of this cat, right? Like, I'm, it's really not a good thing. But What he says is we need the food, water, and exercise of the pasture as well as rest and security of the fold. And the fold is when we come in and we come back together. We need one another. We need this time together. Prayer and meditation are important, but so are witness and service. There are some areas of life that require walls and fences. And if we ignore them, we get into trouble. But there are other areas of Christian life that are open and free and meant to be enjoyed. That's what Jesus means by saying, I am the door. So as, as, as we close, beloved, here's the question that I want to ask. And this is the question that was asked to the blind man who was saved by Jesus. And this comes from John 9, 35 through 38. Jesus heard that they had cast him out and having found him. I love that. The old life casts us out. It's hard and lonely and there's, there's nothing good in it. But Jesus finds him. Do you believe in the son of man, he says. And he answered, who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he, what? He worshiped him. He worshiped him. So this morning, if you're in the sheepfold of Christ, if you're part of the flock of Jesus, maybe fear and anxiety have riddled you and you're only staying in the sheep pen. Maybe God is is calling you out into some measure of abundance. Listen to his voice. Maybe your life is, honestly, there's, you're not in the sheep pen. You know, you're, you're, just, you're just kind of living and grazing and are in constant dangers, maybe that you don't even realize are super dangerous. Listen to the voice of your shepherd as, as the Holy Spirit prompts us and says, beloved, you need to rein it back in. Come back in. And maybe there's people in here, you've never trusted in Jesus. You've never entered in through the door of Jesus. Jesus is asking you today, will you believe in me? Will you trust me to come out of this old life and into this new abundant life of protection and abundance? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are the door. I thank you that through you, through your death on the cross, God, we can safely come to you. We thank you for the forgiveness and hope that we have in Jesus. Jesus, thank you for bringing us out of the old life. May we leave the old life behind. If we're still thinking about the times in that old flock, God, maybe I just pray that that we will leave that behind and listen to you as our good shepherd, as our new shepherd. Lord, lead us in all the places that we need to be led. There's uh, uh, so many people in here today, God, and I don't know where, where you're speaking in each of their lives, but I know as the door and as the shepherd who leads us, God, you're speaking to us. So help us to listen for your still, small, quiet voice. Help us, God, to, uh, to, to live in the abundance that you call us to live, but also to live in the safety and protection of your goodness and your strength. In Jesus' name I pray.